The following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K State Athletics. Kirk is calling the game. No pick from him. You're not. You pick. I tell you what. Been very impressed with TCU. They found different ways to win games. They'll find a way today too. It's going to be a hard-fought game, but I'm going with TCU. Okay, and I uh, I enjoy this Kansas State team. Honestly, Will Howard coming in and balling is fantastic. Deuce Vaughn is electrifying. He's everything that is good with college football. Undersized, counted out. All he does is work and kick ass. But now, TCU. <laughs> TCU goes undefeated into the college football playoffs because of how damn good they are. This year, TCU is a team of destiny. Yeah, here we go. They are undefeated and ranked third in the nation. Here we go. They've won every close game. And earlier this year, they beat Kansas State. Yes, they did. Poor old Kansas State. No chance, Kansas no State. Chance. Doesn't have a chance. I'll tell you, you know what's coming. Yeah, I know what's coming. That's so fast, my friend. Give me Willie. All right, official prediction time. We'll start with Derek Young. I think Kansas State's better. I think they won in a shootout, 41-38. Look, I left that stadium that night thinking Kansas State was the better team in Fort Worth uh, if it wasn't for the injuries that occurred. So I'm sticking with that. I think Kansas State wins this game 38-34, to and the Wildcats lay claim to a Big 12 championship. Well, how about this? All three of us can be picking the Cats. You know what? I just kind of pictured this game-winning field goal from Ty Zintner, maybe even running on the field with no timeouts left, trying to kick one in before the clock hits zero. How about we let Ty Zintner be the hero in this one? Cats win 31-30. to destiny i have waited patiently i have vision though i believe i know i can count on me so stand up fourth and two howard up under center Doles comes in motion there's the fake to the back howard wants to throw has been set it he's got it touchdown touchdown kansas state what a call what a play the cats do within one to ben Sennett. K-State is into the end zone. Touchdown! Touchdown for Will Howard. And the Wildcats have their first lead in the title game. 10-16 to go. It is 13-7. First and 10 for Max Duggan and crew. They have had a little more trouble running the ball here today than they did in Fort Worth earlier. And Duggan will throw it here to the far side. And it's caught by Johnston. Johnston down the sideline at the 40. But he lost the ball. He lost the ball. And K-State's got on it. He lost the ball inside the 35. And K-State's got it with Austin Moore. The machine comes up with the ball. So the Wildcats back to throw again. Here's Will Howard into the middle and deep. Catching it in the end zone. Touchdown. It's R.J. Garcia. R.J. Garcia for the score. But he gets a touchdown here. It's his first of the year. Third and seven frogs from their 35. Trying to move it here from right to left. Cats up 21-10 in the third. Back to throw is Duggan. Under pressure. Sack. He's sacked back at the 25-yard line. Felix and Yusike Uzama with the celebration. Duggan taking his time. There's the snap. Here they come. There's the throw into the end zone. It's intercepted by Julius Prince. And the Wildcats got pressure from Austin Moore right in the face of the quarterback. Here's the handoff to Deuce. And he angles to the left and has an opening. He's at the 40. He's at the 30. He's at the 25 to the 20. He is at the 10. He will house it. Touchdown. Touchdown, Kansas State. The Deuce is loose in the title game. 
So they go with the I formation set on fourth and a half yard. Duggan under center. There's the snap. The turn and the give is to Kendra Miller. I don't think he made it. I don't think he made it. I don't think he made it. He did not. K-State stops Kendra Miller at the one. Stand up. So 31 yards for Kansas State as they look for a 10th win. We await the snap from Randon Platter out of the hold of Jack Bloomer. Good snap and placement. Kick on the way. It is up. And good! It's good! The Wildcats are champions of the Big 12 in 2022! He did it! This team, Chris Kleiman. I love this team. I'm diverse team. I love this team. What we haven't seen very often at all, I would say in the last 15 years, is what feels like a wide open Big 12. Who do you have right now preseason making it to Arlington? Spoiler alert, I, I think Kansas State makes it. I'm going to give you the same exact pick that D.Y. did, and I hope we're not jinxing this thing. I got Kansas State in the Big 12 championship. I got K-State winning 10 games this year, getting the 10-2 and two in the regular season. So I, I just think it's so wide open, and I think Kansas State's going to capture the opportunity and get to the Big 12 title this year in Arlington. All right, K-State fans listening right now, tailgating, get ready to cheers with all your friends because it's three for three. I as well am picking K-State to make it to Arlington. I'm with Cole. I think K-State's going to win 10 games. The opponent, I'm not sure, but Cat's going to win it anyway. Your Wildcats are champions of the Big 12. Go crazy, everybody. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. Sometimes you just have to take a victory lap. <laughs> oh, wait, a couple. Was that a lap? Yeah. <laughs> that was more like a victory 5K. Right? I, I, yeah. right, exactly. I was thinking 26.2 right there, man. Gee. <laughs> well, Cole Manbeck, he uh, tweeted it out after the game that I yeah. I called Ty Zinner game-winning field goal plus I wanted to hear our predictions. Mm-hmm. Going back to the preseason, the game before the 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 Power Cat game before the South Dakota game, and I totally forgot. I said the Cats are going to win the Big Twelve championship. So there you go, there you go. Plus, also a victory lap for Wyatt Thompson and his amazing call, and uh, a flashback to just three days ago of the Cats winning the Big Twelve championship, Ooh. knocking off number three TCU, ending their undefeated. Season, they're into the college football playoff, and by the way, Max Duggan is now a Heisman Trophy finalist. Yeah, after his amazing performance, which it was gutsy and amazing, still the Cats were able to come out on top 
I'll say it for I did not think it was going to happen. I thought we are too hurt in the secondary. We're banged up everywhere else. TCU looks great. They've been smashing folks. That was over. How worried did you get after the first drive? I was like, here we go. Here. When they converted on two third downs during that drive, I was concerned right away. I'm like, that's not a good sign for our defense today. Well, I, t- I told Wyatt after the the muff punt by Phillip Brooks, oh. that's when I got incredibly yes. nervous. Like, yes. Heart is racing at 100 miles, and 120 really, yep. and it wouldn't slow down. This is just one we have to grind it out as fans and, and watch the Cats get it done. But you do bring up a good point where 7 nothing. Cats come back out on offense, offense and go three and out. Yes. Yes. I, I, I hear you right there. And uh, as a matter of fact, Scott Wildcat from Bosco's Boys is going to join us at 510. I think that's a good question to ask him. As a fan who is there in the stands watching the game, Where when did the nerves kick in? <sighs> Pre-game, during the game, overtime? I, I think everybody would have a little bit of a different story. Um, but, you know, when you're going back to the second half of the first meeting and – you're down a whole bunch of guys, and I thought DG brought up a good point that didn't actually really get too much to it yesterday was, yes, Echo Boydo is hurt in the first quarter. Malik Knowles is hurt in the second quarter. You're already down a couple of guys in the secondary. It, it looked like, all right, gosh dang it, we're dropping like flies again. Uh, here we go again, man. I was I woke up nervous. I was like, oh, God, and thought, yeah, it's not going to be their day. And, man, did they prove me wrong, and I'm so happy. Oh, my God. You woke up nervous. I woke up going, okay, I've got to get grind through this 10 o'clock uh, girls basketball game. <laughs> then I can worry about it. Let's go, let's go, let's go. <laughs> Come on, refs on the whistle. <laughs> I was encouraged to throw in on the Power K game day predictions because Coach Climate had mentioned it a couple of times, press conference on Tuesday, I, I, I think – he mentioned it there, and also a post game after the Big Twelve Championship game. He's like, you know, we we've been doubted all year. I, I'm of course this isn't the exact quote here, but something about been doubted all year long. Um, hey, coach, I just want to say that uh, us on Power K Game Day, and I can speak for the guys probably here on the game as well that we didn't doubt you all year long preseason yeah. up until the Big Twelve Championship game. You know, maybe there was a little bit of a dip in confidence after Tulane. But it got right back up to that mountain peak after Oklahoma. Yeah, baby. Oh, man. All the memories of this season. It's just so funny. Like, um, I know it's not over, but this whole thing has just been such a ride with this team. I mean, fantastic, dude. I'm so happy. So happy for these guys, for fans, for us. It's just amazing, man. What I, I do appreciate, by the way, you pulling out the Asia and days like these for the intro this this afternoon because, well, okay, I was there when that made its debut on the Snyder playlist. Those are the days where you don't even think that you're going to, oh, I don't know. Change the world. See your team make the Sugar Bowl at any time in the future. (laughs) I thought, if you know me, I look kind of deep into some of my messaging. I I, I put a lot of thought into it, and it's it's got a deeper meaning than it might seem on the surface. Yes. And and somewhat of the influence was actually, uh, I believe his name's Alec. He is doing a lot of the video editing for football and stuff. Fantastic. And put out a video today that was over nine minutes long, just kind of culminating the last four years that we've had. And it had it's definitely had its dramatics, bringing up COVID in the four and six season, climbing being hired. Fast forward to today. Just even even as you look at that, there was something that happened yesterday 
that makes you look back to that point, the hiring of Chris Kleiman, and something that occurred yesterday that took place, and how different the paths are. You saw this, didn't you? I did, and I the first thing I did was go back and look on search on Twitter for that name and K State. Seth Luttrell getting fired at North Texas yesterday. Big deal. Was a huge item in terms of just clarifying the paths. It's crazy that this program could have taken. Yeah, it's crazy. It's it's one of those situations like I always go back and I always think about like. Seth Luttrell is a name that always comes up. And then it, and Neil Brown as well will always be a name yes. I always remember. Yes. It's the same, um, like with the, if in the Frank Martin situation, Jim Laranega got the oh, job at Miami wow. instead of yes. him. And I always remember, so I always think about Jim Laranega and I go, wow, how, I wonder how he's doing. Seth Luttrell, when I heard that name, I go, man, I was so upset when that guy said no. And look at, I mean, he really... Wow, this program could have went one of two ways, and I'm so happy we went with Chris Kleiman. So happy, and I, I get to say it because I, because it it's a fact. As someone who called games at the FCS level, I knew Chris Kleiman's ability. I recognized what he had done with that North Dakota State program, and the fact that he didn't go to Wyoming with Craig Bull, but took over that program at a point. And you look at what has happened with Bull at Wyoming. Yeah, they're in a bowl game this year. But a lot of what was going on was Kleiman building as a defensive guy that program under Bull and what he was able to accomplish with that defense. And he turned it into a head coaching job and it and just maintained and made better what North Dakota State was doing. I, I, I That was, to me, uh, a selling point. For as much as folks here, I understood why they why there was plenty of debate over whether it would work or not. Oh, yeah. I get that. I understand that. <laughs> I, I, I just, having watched his career and to get to this point with it is tremendous. I mean, it, 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 it is an amazing story what he has done in developing now two top-notch programs. And I'll, I'll point this out as well. Going back four years ago when Kleiman was hired, it wasn't universally uh, universally applauded like Jerome Tang was. No. Because Coach Kleiman hadn't been a head coach or even a coach at you know a, 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 the FBS level, Power 5 level. Hadn't had any of that experience. One of my co-hosts on PowerCat Game Day, that was his argument four years ago that Kleiman doesn't have this key experience that you look for at this level for a head coach. Would Oklahoma hire a Chris Kleiman? Probably not. Uh, you could go further down the list in the pecking order as well. Would most schools in the Big 12 hire a coach Kleiman? Probably not. And also, a lot of people thought, well, maybe Gene Taylor just might be hiring his friend. Uh, no. It, well, they may be buds, oh, yeah. and they're certainly buds today. Uh, it is proven to be a home run hire. And real quick before you continue, Troy, I want to get back to my subliminal messaging yes. that I put in with yes. days like Sorry. these and yes. with Asia. My subliminal messaging there is this is a very crucial transformation we're having, transition in, when it comes to the Big 12 in the pecking order. And what a time this is for K-State to stomp their foot in the ground as being now what what hopefully will be one of the new powerhouses in the Big 12 by winning the Big 12 championship now, right before you have four teams about to join the conference. 
and Oklahoma and Texas getting ready to leave in a couple of years. Days like these, I feel like I can change the world. The Big 12 is changing greatly right now. He's even talked about on College Game Day during the broadcast that this win for K-State, and people in Ashley have been talking about it, how K-State has now put themselves in the driver's seat to be the new big boys in the Big 12, uh-huh. be the team in the Big 12. Just we know around here it's it's not easy to sustain that momentum. Oh, absolutely. And you can watch that through any program that doesn't have the resources that Alabama has. But let's be perfectly honest. Uh, even when you look at the top of the, the rankings now, you're seeing about a four-year window before things have to revamp a little bit, at least, with a program. So if you're K-State, you're opening that window right now where these next four years take you into the quote-unquote new Big 12 and there's no Texas and OU. That's where maintaining is going to get interesting. You know, and it's you're, – you're only – one bad hire away from spiraling the University of Miami. I never saw oh, I man. never thought in my wildest dreams that I would see them decline in my lifetime not only once but twice. You know, we talk about 1998. UCLA was upset by a very horrible Miami school with the guy Edger and James at running back, but them Florida State, I mean the first the, the the first like BCS champion national championships, I think the first four, they were in like three of them. You know, they were so good every year, always Florida State, check them, boom. And they make a couple bad hires, and they're not very good. Bill Callahan. <laughs> Firing Frank Solich and hiring Bill Callahan. Oof. The all-timer for Nebraska. Yeah. I mean, it's and it's nice to have a guy in place. We talk about this coaching thing. What about in a couple of years if Nebraska looks back and they go, "We should have grabbed him instead of Matt Rule"? What you know? What if that doesn't go as as good as we expect it to go? Uh, I think it could be. I think that Chris Kleiman is a great coach, and I'm so happy that he's on. He's our coach because he's doing some great things. It, again, to watch that celebration from the other day. That tells you all you need to know about this team in terms of how they like each other. They were freaking putting a kicker on their shoulders. (laughs) Yeah, the second cap to be put on shoulders this season. Will Howard after Oklahoma State. But to bring up the coaching part of that as well, also, you know, Credit to Colin Klein. His oh, first gee. year, oh, yeah. first year as offensive coordinator, wins the Big Twelve. He, you know, it's back to Will Howard halfway through the year and the improvement of Will Howard. I mean, there's so many storylines we could attack in weeks of the show. We yes. we might not even be able to get to all of them. But also Joe Klanderman. I, I think if there's anybody you, you're afraid of now leaving because of oh. just the tremendous job they did, and there might be there's going to be people knocking on his door with a lot of money wanting K-State's defensive coordinator to come to their school. Uh, what a job that defense has been this year. Uh, and that was a side of the football that maybe had that one part of the area you felt worried about the secondary. Well, guess what? In the Big 12 championship game, you had two true freshmen and a guy that had never played secondary at, his co- at the collegiate <laughs> level hold his own at cornerback. Uh, insane. Wild. It's Wild. Insane. Your fear is is perfectly summed up with what's going on at Oklahoma State that you and I were talking about a year ago 
They had a great defense. They lose their defensive coordinator to Ohio State. They struggled this year. And look at what's going on with the defensive personnel. Transfer portal's open. Oh, are they losing a ton of guys? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah. Boy. Yeah. And and it, right there is... I didn't see that. Yeah. I did not see that. Oh, boy. So that's also a matter, though, of making sure that you have the right locker room, if you will. Uh, have the right attitudes in your locker room and are being able to maintain all the way from coach down that, that as we call it, family. Yeah. I don't, I don't know that there's anybody at Oklahoma State that would ever say that they ever reached that kind of a level of togetherness in a Mike Gundy program. Especially since the OAN shirt. Oh, gosh. Yes. Yeah. That, that's a great example. Well, also, West Virginia quarterback JT Daniels is right back in the transfer <laughs> So, uh, And Neil Brown's keeping his job. All right, let's uh, let's take our first time out. I pro- we will get some KSA hoops later in the show because they're playing tonight, and of course you're going to get some Mitch Palm in hour number two. We're also going to be joined by Mr. Wildcat himself, Scott Wildcat, that is, uh, from Bosco's Boys. Uh, up next, it's Tuesday. We'll get to my top ten list after the break. Game on K-Man. Mitch Fortner with Troy Coverdale, David G. Big Steve is running our board today. 537-1350 is the number. Still to come, Mitch Palm in hour two, along with Scott Wildcat from Bosco's Boys. But my top ten list of the week. This one was a pretty easy one to put together because this week it's my top ten favorite moments from Big 12 Championship Saturday. Favorite moments from Big 12 championship saturday i want to throw in an honorable mention so maybe like a top 11 uh but i i noticed this on the the big screen there at jerry world when the cats were celebrating there was like everybody was trying to pick up deuce vaughn (laughs) it even showed up on tv like in a matter of three seconds two people picked him up it's like they just got behind him and uh just picked him up (laughs) It's like, You're going up, up buddy. the little guy. <laughs> Upsies. <laughs> All right, here's my top ten. Let me fix this here. Number ten. Number ten is the college game day cheap pops. Uh, I, I moseyed my way over along with Mason and his uh, wife, Bud. Cheap and pops also, as in? And I, Alec Bussey was there. Cheap Pops is a wrestling term. Okay. It's part of the wrestling lingo. I, I, I was making sure it was the, the wrestling ling- lingo and not the uh, Cheap Pops as in beverages beforehand. Well, like a Cheap Pop is, <laughs> I know what you're saying. You know, it, 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 Barley Pop. Eight yeah. in the morning. Yeah. Uh, so a Cheap Pop, for instance, is like tonight at Bramlage when they play Abilene Christian. I'm going to pop on the microphone like, welcome to Bramlage. Abilene Christian takes on your K-State Wild. That's a cheap pop. People are going to cheer for that. That is a cheap pop. It's easy. Uh, but College Game Day noticed there was way more K-State fans than there were TCU for that for, for their show. Oh, yeah. And so at, at times it would shout out something about K-State or something about E-Mall. I think uh, Reese oh, Davis yeah. did that at one point. Yeah. And that would get the crowd going. So that is a cheap pop. Number nine. Number nine was back at the hotel so we could get some work done after the game. Playing that night was K-State basketball against Wichita State. 
Mason Voth, who used to be on this show, I traveled with down to the game. And he told me at one point, he's like, I want this win over Wichita State more than I want the Big 12 championship, (laughs) which is insane. But he hates Wichita State. And K-State struggled for a lot of that game. It it was 55-50, to low-scoring struggle. Yeah. He was losing his mind over that game. Every time Wichita State would score or K-State would miss a bunny or turnover, he slapped the hell out of his thighs like every time. And it was so funny. By the way, the way I celebrated both the Big 12 championship and the win over Wichita State, I went to a QT right next door, a quick trip right next door, and I got me a big old Jolly Rancher slushy. Oh, my God. God. And a and a uh, one of those taquitos from the roller grill. Ooh wee! I, their I roller party. grill is just chef kiss. Number eight. Number eight on my list of favorite moments from Big Twelve Championship Saturday was Ty Zittner after the game. Oh. He did it. This team, Chris Kleiman. I love this team. I'm for this team. I love this team. <laughs> the emotional Ty Zittner is uh, somebody we haven't had all season long. I would die for this team was a hell of a quote <laughs> afterwards. Emotional, just kicked the game winner. Very few of us will be able to live in his shoes. Uh, what what uh, Being a kicker and winning a championship game with your foot. Mm-hmm. Very few people will get to experience that. Oh, God. When he was smiling, going up, to when he was smiling, running onto the field, it reminded me of when Jake Pullen, in a really tight game, Used to run to the free throw line. You know, there's so many guys who go up there and they don't. They could be. They would want to be anywhere else in the world, but right there, there are some guys that get. Yeah, bring it. I want that pressure. Years ago, Daddy Lockett, Kevin was nicknamed by Ron Paradis over at WIBW TV, the baby-faced assassin. <laughs> we can now start calling Ty Zentner the. Blonde assassin. That's for sure. He was has so happy to go out there and end their dreams. Oh, yeah. it was great. It was yeah. great. Love it. Number seven. Number seven was Lee Corso picking the cats, uh, putting on the Willie head. Uh, what I loved about that was, and I, I, I got to go down on the field with any media that wanted to go on the field before the game could, and we had to leave 20 minutes prior to kickoff. So we were upstairs by the time Corso was, was picking, but we had TVs on. But that where the stage was was on TCU side of the field. And there were, before I went upstairs, there were already a bunch of TCU fans trying to get a good spot so they could get a video of Corso putting on uh, the Super Frog head. Well, there was a whole bunch of TCU fans that got a video of him putting on the Willie the Wildcat that was head. Awesome. That was awesome. And, you know, to his credit, if they would have took care of business, it would have been different. Uh, he called USC, too. He was like, they'll be in the playoffs. They will be in the playoffs if they take care of business and they win. And it was everybody was like, what are you talking about? They could have if they would have took care of business on Utah. But when he put that on, I thought, we're going to win. <laughs> I can't believe it, dude. Lee Corso. What is he thinking? I love it. Number six. No, now number six. Something that you know actually happened in the game. Julius Brents had a fight all oh, game yeah. long with Quentin Johnston, first round draft pick at wide receiver, hmm. one of the best players in the country. And it was a battle. He got called for pass interference a couple of times, but he came up with two of the biggest plays in the game, where he forced a fumble and got an interception when TCU was trying to take the lead. Now, one of those stops, the interception, led to a score, that Deuce Vaughn touchdown. 
don't you be giving Julius Prince any heat for a couple of struggles with, with Quentin Johnson. He also broke up a couple of passes I'm cool and him. forced two turnovers, which, by the way, the, 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 you know, the, uh, the interception also pressure on the quarterback, Austin mm. Moore. Shout out to him. Number five. Number five was the pictures after the game of the team smoking cigars in the locker room. Deuce Vaughn's picture was the best, though. <laughs> He's almost unrecognizable. He even I thought he looked even a little bit smaller with the sunglasses on <laughs> and the stogie in the mouth. And I don't I don't recall if it was lit. I think it may have been. I don't know. But somebody on Twitter was saying that this needs to be made into a t-shirt. One hundred percent agree. And I would buy that. I I would stand I would camp outside to buy that t-shirt of Deuce Vaughn in sunglasses with his most outstanding player trophy, smoking a stogie. Absolutely. All right. Let's keep it going with Deuce. Number four. Because number four was his touchdown. That put K-State up two scores, and I think at that point in the fourth quarter, early in the fourth, I think that's when K-State fans started to believe, like a majority, okay, I think we may actually got have it this. It's not going to be easy, but it could definitely happen. But Deuce Vaughn had the biggest play of the 44-yard touchdown, 44 yards. But, of course, the icing on the cake – the juke sitting Mac, uh, Mark Perry down on his backside mm. on that juke. That was awesome. It was a sweet move going back to the inside. I think most expect you go to outside. Nope, we're going to cut it back inside. Go down the, the numbers. Uh, the ESPN CFB on Twitter cut where that basically just turned him into vapor was beautiful. That was so cool. I, I, that was so just, cool. Just vaporized him. Yeah. Number three. Number three on my list of favorite moments from the Big 12 Championship Saturday was King, all hail the King, Felix and UDK Uzama. Yes, his sack was a beaut. Coming off the edge, I just, I mean, obliterated Max Duggan. He was sore for the rest of the game. He was in a lot of pain. But it was in postgame is where I bring up number three because he sat down on a chair to speak to media. And somebody had noticed that he had a towel on, like, you know, the quarterbacks have the towel tucked in their pants up front, that he had a TCU towel hanging out the front of his pants. Whoa. And somebody had asked, like, what's the deal with the TCU towel? He's like, I don't remember the exact quote. Unfortunately, I didn't get it myself. But he said that when he sacks somebody, sacks a quarterback, he tries to take her, the towel. Whoa. He took Max Duggan's towel wow. when he sacked him. Wow. And he wore it to the press conference. <laughs> oh, oh man. Oh, by the way, there was a uh, rather bitter uh, Texas player. Where your defensive player of the year at now? Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I pr- proceeded to retweet really? that photo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the kid, Yep, I did it's not like, see that. Uh, he right here with the trophy. <laughs> Number two. Number two is Ty Zittner's game-winning field goal. Ice in his veins, no issue at all. I thought, you know, I, I thought it was pretty big that Sonny Dykes took that timeout, wanted the third down play reviewed, or second or third down. One, I think it was maybe second down to get reviewed because uh, he thought Max Duggan had scored, which he was about an inch short. Um and uh, he didn't score. They take a timeout. No timeouts left. And Ty Zittner, without being iced or anything, trying to attempt to ice him, he could just run out there and kick the field goal. Just happens to be one of the big, probably the biggest kick in program history. Yeah. But finally, what you're like, what could be number one? Number one. Well, number one to me 
was the goal line stand twice. That's awesome. Because we thought Max Duggan scored. He was short, an inch short. It didn't take a third down stop. It also took a fourth down stop to get it done. And the guys in the box got it done. There's no game-winning field goal and control of the game without those two plays. That's awesome. And TC already two, picked up two chunk plays in that overtime. There, I don't think there was a K-State fan that thought, oh, you're giving us third and goal at the one? We're going to stop you twice. <laughs> no. After Duggan almost scored? No. I, after Kendry Miller had a 13-yard run? It didn't seem likely. No. Yet, they tried running it up the gut a couple of times with Miller, who K-State struggled against in game one to tackle him for short yardage, and they had multiple chances to do it. This time they did. When it mattered the absolute most, and by the way, who was uh, playing a little nose guard for K-State on that fourth down stop? Uso. No. Oh. He played third down, and yeah, he got hurt. He got hurt. Poor it guy. was Manhattan's own Damian Leo. Really? At nose guard on that fourth down play. I was trying not to throw up, so I guess I didn't see that. That's amazing. That Man, that's amazing. Good for him. Good for him. That's my top ten list. Up next, the Big 12 Championship doing big numbers after mm. this. It's the game on KMAN. Mitch Fortner with Troy Coverdale, David G, and Big Steve running the show. Wait a minute. Big Stefan running the show? Someone has to be in charge. Oh, I never is stunk so bad today. 537 <laughs> 1350. Sorry. So. A lot of us went down to uh, Arlington to watch the game. There were 69,000-plus in attendance. I would say it was roughly – it felt like 51-49 TCU. Barely had the advantage, which they're from 20 minutes away. I, I, I would think <laughs> yeah. that they would show up for the game, even though their stadium doesn't hold a ton, You know, a little less than the bill. But the ratings are in. As a matter of fact, actually just moments ago, the Big 12 has announced some extensioned – uh, extended numbers on those ratings. So believe it or not, the Big 12 championship with a 5.3 rating, 9.41 million viewers, which would have been the third best game when it comes to viewers for the game Saturday and also just for the weekend. But where the victory lap takes place is that that was just slightly under the Pac-12 championship and ACC championship combined. Damn. There has been this war back and forth between, I guess you could go in all different directions, but basically, just to sum it up easily, uh, Big 12 versus Pac-12. Uh, with you know fighting for position of who's going to be the considered the third best when it comes to the new media rights agreements, who's going to get more money. Everybody's been making their argument. Well, of course, Big 12 is going to be the better one of the Pac-12. But I think this is just another example and a very loud example of where the pecking order is. The Big 12 kicks off at 11 a.m. And it's got K-State and TCU, an undefeated team. No doubt about it. I mean, it's to me, it was a marquee matchup. 
it's a big game. It's a Two top ten matchups. And, uh, you know, college football playoff implications on the line. But the Pac-12 championship was a standalone game on Friday night. And uh, the quarterback for USC, who's uh, USC's a brand much bigger than K-State and TCU, has a Heisman favorite in Kayla Williams. Utah, the previous game was an absolute classic that was at Utah, and they won on that two-point conversion at the end of the game. And you get a rematch of that? With nothing on TV at the same time, well, they got five point nine million, and the Big Twelve did nine point four. Wow, nine point four. Excellent ratings for the conference. It wasn't the most viewed of all time. It's kind of in the middle of the pecking order, but ever since you know twenty eighteen, that was the most viewed Big Twelve championship game. That's crazy. And twenty eighteen was Texas Oklahoma, and also the the, the attendance. For the Big 12 championship game for K-State TCU was the most since Oklahoma, Texas in 2018. But the Big 12 announcing just moments ago, giving us a little bit more on the ratings. This coming from ESPN, and it was, again, most watched since 2018, up 15% from the previous year's Big 12 championship game between Oklahoma State and Baylor. But where the game peaked, and I'm sure is at the end of the game, was 12.7 million viewers the most of any conference championship game across all networks. Now let's now let's be real here. K State TCU was really the only truly competitive game through sixty minutes. You know, at some point, really, Clemson controlled the whole ACC championship game. It was competitive for a while in the Big Ten championship, but Michigan was able to open it up. The Pac-12 championship, Utah was able to open it up, and then the SEC championship is all Georgia. Mm-hmm. So K-State was the show. It was the show on Saturday. But the Big 12 also deserved some big ratings just for the matchup alone. And it just so happens the game goes to overtime. And you know what? You know, TCU got a Heisman finalist out of it. I don't, I don't know if Max Duggan – was a finalist quite yet. No. No. They were talking about that during the USC game. They're like, who else is there? It's Caleb Williams and that's it. No. Not anymore. I don't think there's really been – I've already voted. Vo- the The votes were due yesterday, and I can't tell you till next week. So hold your horses, everybody. Come on, I'll tell you, I'll tell Mitch. You later. I'll tell you later. I mean, it's not like anybody's listening or anything. Come on, man. Dude, and somebody was like, I can't wait for Tuesday for Mitch to go ahead and tell me who we voted for. I will say I was a little surprised that B. John Robinson you didn't know, make the may, cut. Maybe didn't make the cut. You, you know, Blake Corum is maybe another surprise that got a snuff. Uh, but he's been injured for a couple of games now, I guess. Yeah. Uh, week before Ohio I, State. I did find it interesting. It's all quarterbacks. Yeah, Stetson Bennett. I, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, George is good. Yeah, that's they're, they're fine. Number one team in the country. Yeah, that's fine. I don't think he's the best player in the country. Uh, it just, you know, if Deuce or Will ain't on there, you know, you just kind of crumple it up and throw it away. All right. Uh, Troy, did you have anything real quick? Uh, go ahead. Just, again, I go back to uh, how amazing it is that we are talking about the future being a sugar bowl Yeah, for New Year's. Uh, it, it's against never Alabama against Alabama. I I had something too. Speaking of the future, how many true freshmen or sophomores, whatever, were on the oh. field 
I mean, Jake Clifton. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Pivotal plays this guy made. This guy, I was, man, great great player. Um, I am so excited for the future for K-State. Can't wait. Before we take our break for the top of the hour, let's get to our Meet the Wildcats. Oh. This week it was with tight end. He scored the first touchdown for the Cats. Ben Sinnott, first team Big 12. Let's meet the Wildcats with Ben Sinnott. Do you have a favorite athlete growing up? Uh, I did. I grew up playing hockey, so my favorite athlete growing up was Patrick Kane. He was a forward for the Blackhawks, Chicago Blackhawks. Now, do you remember a first piece of music you ever owned? Did you ever own any music? I don't think I ever owned a CD. I think I'm a little too, or like a, or like a tape or anything. I can remember the first album I bought, though, before everything was streaming. I did buy Views, uh, the album by Drake. Favorite sports movie? Doesn't have to be football. Uh, definitely Miracle on Ice. My favorite movie of all time. Dream Vacation. Where do you want to go? Uh, I think over in Europe. I think that would be really cool. Definitely go to Paris, that area in general, I think. Got to do the backpacking thing or just France in general? No, I think just the backpacking thing in general. Uh, my cousin's over there right now, and she's just been posting all these pictures and sending me stuff. So I think definitely over in Europe. Do you have a best dish in the kitchen? What has it been like to cook? Uh, I, I got a few meal rotations. I think right now my best one. I make some like hibachi chicken and rice and then with some teriyaki sauce. It's pretty simple, but it's my go-to right now. Now, you said the word hibachi, so are you throwing utensils around? Uh, a little bit. I'll mix it up, but I'm not doing tricks, throwing up, throwing up the utensils and stuff, but yeah. Video game you're best at? Uh, probably Call of Duty, for sure. Do you have a preference in Call of Duty, like just a, a singular game or just the whole genre? Probably just the whole genre. My favorite game, my favorite Call of Duty of all time is Black Ops 2, though. TV binge recommendation, what you got for me? Uh, right now I'm watching Money Heist. I would say Yellowstone is probably one of my favorite shows of all time, though. That would be a good one to watch. What's your favorite holiday? Uh, it's got to be Christmas, of course. You have a long list of people to shop for? I do. I haven't started, though. I've, i got to get on it. All right, finally, Ben, you got a little bit of a head start on everybody else. We're halfway through the season. Who's winning the Super Bowl this year? I don't know. Eagles are looking good. The Chiefs are looking good. I would say probably one of those two. All right, Ben, congratulations on making the Big 12 championship game, and good luck tonight. I really appreciate it. You know, um, he, he brought up Yellowstone. I think K-State TCU was like the Yellowstone of college football this past weekend. <laughs> Pac-12 was more like... I don't know, Celebrity Jeopardy or something. Oh, <laughs> wow. Okay. More like a rerun of something on the CW. You know what I'm saying? Nobody watched. All right, hour two, we're going to be joined by Scott Wildcat from Bosco's Boys. Mitch Palm versus Abilene Christian. Will the Cats get it done against the other Purple Wildcats that are not Northwestern? Huh? Hour two next. Your local news right now.